This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hello, Metro FM family. This is your brother Jonathan with DHL Ministries, Decisions, Habits, Lifestyle Ministry. And I hope you're as excited as I am about this next section of scripture. We've been going through the book of Revelation. Uh, I join you in this pursuit of seeing what God has for us in this book each and every time I've read it many times before I've studied it but when we get together we have changed since the last time our perspective has changed as we have allowed God to transform us by renewing our minds and there is a lot in Revelation that we are not covering we are not covering a lot of what's here. And I'll give you a little bit of an example today so you can see how this is so detailed. If you study it out, you will be greatly rewarded. You will see so many things that stand out to you and there's a reason for it all. And so I'll show you one of those things today and then as usual, we'll make it very personal. Well, I ask you for forgiveness in advance because as you get through the book of Revelation and in some of the other Old Testament books, there are some repetitive verses or some verses that are their cadences seems to be boring, but it's on purpose. It's just not what we're going to talk about today. So I will leap over a couple of verses and when you see them, if you have the notes, if you're in the WhatsApp group, you'll understand it. Or if you look up the verses, you'll understand why we didn't talk about them for this time together. So are you ready? Because I'm ready. We're in chapter seven of the book of Revelation. We'll be covering verses one through 12. One through 12, if you're just joining us, get a piece of paper and a pen, get ready to write because there's going to be other ways that you can get a hold of this message and these notes and join our WhatsApp group um, and other venues that you can also hear these messages in different ways. So please get your pen and paper ready. And that way, when we say it at the end of this broadcast, you will be ready to capture what it is you need to, to link up with us in other ways. Amen. So we're reading verses 1 through 12, but I'm going to skip over a few verses. And like I said, you'll know why. Ready? Here we go. Verse 1 says, And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Verse 9 says, And after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations, and kindreds, and people, and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. 
And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, as I said, I skipped over a few verses that talk about the tribe and 12,000 were sealed and so on and so forth. Let's look at the mercy of God. Even in the book of Revelation, the winds of judgment were told to hold back, to stop until we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. God's mercy abounds even in the time of judgment in the book of Revelation. That's amazing, but we're not going down that path tonight. Let's look at something here. I said tonight, I mean today. Um, Let's look at here, verses 4 through 8. You see, the list that we did not read of the tribes, the order in which the tribes are listed, is different from where the tribes are listed in the Old Testament. You may not catch that if you're new to reading through the Bible, but it is significant. This is one of those little nooks and crannies that are in the book of Revelation, these small details that some who aren't led by the Spirit, who are reading this as a piece of literature, might point out and say it's contradicting, it's inconsistent, it doesn't flow, or whatever the case may be. The truth is, it stands out the way it does for a reason. The order is different for a reason. Because it's a symbolic list of God's true followers. You see, Judah is mentioned first because Judah is both the tribe of David and of Jesus, the Messiah. Levi had no tribal allotment because of the work of the Levites in the temple, right? The Levites work for God in the temple, so they didn't have an allotment. But here, the tribe is given a place as a reward for faithfulness. Now, Dan is not mentioned because it was known for rebellion and idolatry, traits unacceptable for God's followers. The two tribes representing Joseph, usually called Ephraim and Manasseh, after Joseph's sons, are here called Joseph and Manasseh because of Ephraim's rebellion. You see? So the rearrangement of order is for the sake of the illustration of the symbology here in the book of Revelation. And some wouldn't catch that, but since I pointed it out, now you'll catch it. You may even wonder what they had done to be adjusted in the order like this. Well, you read the whole Bible. I mean, we will get there eventually, but you read it through on your own and you start to see these things and you'll understand these references and, and these connections. And it becomes very enjoyable. But even that is not what we're going to talk about right now. Let's look at verse 10. Verse 10. In a loud voice they cried out saying, and this is from the Amplified, Our salvation is due to our God, who is seated on a throne, and to the Lamb, or to them, to them we owe our deliverance. 
And all the angels also stood around the throne with the elders and they were saying something too. Now, try to say this and not get stirred up in your spirit because they start out by shouting amen, which means so be it or may it be so or it is so. They shout out amen. Now listen, listen. Blessing and glory and majesty and splendor and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and might be ascribed to our God to the ages and ages forever and ever throughout the eternities of the eternities. Amen. It's an exciting set of scripture. People try by many methods to remove the guilt from sin. They try good deeds Uh, intellectual pursuits, even casting blame on others. They try all these things because with sin comes guilt. That guilty conscience. Why? Because you did something wrong and you hid it. You know, like Cain and Abel. You know, Cain killed his brother Abel and God said, your brother's blood cries out from the ground. And when we sin, that sin cries out and we feel guilty as if someone discovered our wrongdoing. We feel guilty and so we try different ways to cover it up. This is the human nature response. We, we try to do better, right? That way if it's discovered at least we, we've got some good things to testify of us. We try to offset it by doing good deeds. We try intellectual pursuits, you know, to advance ourselves, to make a difference. We even try casting blame on others. Now, how many of you have heard that? Many, many, many times. It's attempted to be preached as a normalcy, but as Christians, we know it's not. We need to own our mistakes, but putting the blame on others. You know, even with the story of Cain and Abel that we were talking about, When God lovingly confronted Cain, he said, where's your brother? And God already knew where Abel was, but he asked Cain, again, the mercy of God, to give Cain a chance to fess up. But instead, Cain said what? Do you remember? It's a powerful line. Instead, Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? If you're a parent and your child has ever gotten smart with you or spoke back to you in a rude tone, you know a little bit of what God must have been feeling. If you talk to your oldest son and you ask him where your younger child was and they said to you, "What am I the babysitter of my brother? Um, yes, you are. <laughs> you're the oldest. You're responsible for him. How many times have I told you that, right? So with Cain and Abel, the same thing is true, but he chose, he chose to get smart, to be sarcastic. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, let's talk about washing away that guilt because good deeds, intellectual pursuits, Even cast and blame on others won't work. It'll stay there. It'll haunt you. The multitude in heaven, however, praises God, saying that salvation comes from him and from the Lamb. Salvation from sin's penalty can only come 
through Jesus Christ. Do you know the song? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It says, oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow, no other fount. I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. Now, modern expressions of love for the Lord can be engaging and be quite well written. But when you listen to the old hymns that are based on scripture or quoting scripture, the principles are loud and clear. It helps you to remember scripture. And the truth, the truth is echoed over and over again. Not a catchy hook, not a bridge that is uh, appealing in the texture being different from the rest of the song. No, 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 no. Old hymns are magnificent because of what they do. They remind us and they're so scripturally accurate and the repetition helps to see the principles that are so clear there. A little side note there, but you understand what we're talking about. To get rid of that guilt, the guilt that sometimes still surfaces. Listen, family, let's keep it real. You've been serving the Lord a long time, but you still have some hidden guilt. Can, can we talk about this? You still have some hidden chambers of your heart that you haven't allowed the Lord to enter into. Now, God wants to write a new name on you. Like uh, Peter, he called Cephas the rock, right? He, he wants to write a new name on you. But he writes it on each area that you allow him to change those hidden chambers of our heart. When we surrender that area to him, he writes that new name on there, that new character, that new identity is written. And as a Christian, we shouldn't have Christian measles or chicken pox with this written sporadically. This should cover us completely, phase by phase, step by step, as God convicts us, as the guilt rises up. You can remind yourself by praising God and saying the scripture, amen, right? Start off with a big amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto my God. Make it personal. My God forever and ever. Amen. So be it. It's the truth. Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And you can even start to say, we worship you, God. We thank you. We thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. That only salvation comes through you. Thank you for Jesus Christ. You can really go down that road. And as you praise him, as you praise him, you can surrender that guilt. You can receive his forgiveness. I encourage you to try it this week. Now look, we share a lot here every time we get together. And I know sometimes I slip into preachy mode. But I believe that's the Spirit of God wanting to emphasize these things unto you. There's teaching and there's preaching, but the goal for you is to be moved in your spirit, not in your, not in dramatic expression, but for the spirit in you to leap up at the sound of truth and an eagerness to rise up in you to be obedient unto what God is showing you right 
Now, family, let's be purified by the Word of God. Let's ask God, invite God, cry out to God to search our heart and see if there's any wicked way in us, any evil way in us. And then when He shows us, surrender it to Him. Amen. Now that's family talk. But if you're outside the family right now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I want some of that, or how do I get started? Or I think I might be saved, but I'm not sure. Well, let's, let's just clear that up. Come on, family. You know how we do it. A, B, C. A, admit you're a sinner. Doesn't matter how long you've been going to church. You could have been born into a Christian family, all this. Listen, if you're feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit right now, A, just say to God, Lord, I know, I know I'm a sinner. I know I have not been living the life you called me to live. I know this, but I want to change. Something to that effect. Make it personal. A, admit it. It just means you're missing the mark. And B, believe. Now, all that we've talked about and preached about here today is true. You've heard other preachings and teachings that I pray were true based on the Word of God. Jesus Christ died for your sins. Believing that means to trust and rely upon it, to depend upon it, to stand on it, because your salvation depends on that truth. No matter if you don't know a lot about it right now, you believe with all you have. And as you learn more, you'll reinvest in that belief. And see, confess, it's time to shout it out. This is no secret conversion. It's not about just changing the the listing on your driver's license or wherever it may be posted or buying a new necklace. No, no, this is real. This is a relationship. We need to let everyone know, serve notice to the people around you, family, friends, co-workers, and say, look, I just want to let you know that I don't want to curse anymore and I've asked God to help change my life. And so if you see me struggling, please encourage me. But know that I'm a new creation now. Old things have passed away. All things become new. Go ahead and say it to everyone. Some will walk away. Some will appreciate it. You might find out some undercover Christians at, at work. Hey, I'm a Christian too. Well, encourage them in their walk and they'll encourage you back. Get plugged in. And that's what we're going to talk about next. Getting plugged in. We're here twice a week through Radio Box. Or you can just put your antenna up if you're close enough and you'll catch us on Metro FM 94.5 on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings, twice a week. But we're also on an app called Anchor.fm. You can download that. You can look up DHL Ministries and you will get all of the podcasts, which are the broadcasts after they've been aired. So you'll be able to hear this one again and several back, several forward as we air them. They'll be put on there. And you can join our WhatsApp group. Text or call this number, 260-97-583-6324. That's 267, excuse me, that's 260-97-583-6324. You text or call that number and get added to our group. And you will not only get the link to this broadcast as a podcast, but you will get the notes that I'm using, that I build for each one of these. And you'll be able to look up the cross-references and dig into this a little deeper yourself, right? So again, you can find us on YouTube as well. We've got sermon outlines on there and daily devotionals. So get plugged in. 
If you've made that change, if you've been fed by this word, then continue to feed on it. Share this with other people. Let them know what's going on in Metro FM, how they're broadcasting us twice a week, and also the other venues that I mentioned. Until we meet again, let God direct your life and be blessed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.